Hey, everyone, welcome to Unpacking Atlanta, the official, unofficial, conversational unpacking of the FX series Atlanta, written by Donald Glover. I am Cola B. Talkin. I like to call myself the hostess with the mostest, and I guess you'll figure out why, because I am here to, to kind of guide us through this. Somebody's got to to take the reins, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to do that to the best of my ability here with two of my homies. Oh my God, the Black Spurts, all right? Alexander Hardy and Sunita Delano, all right? Let's get into some intros and then I'm, I'll probably tell you a little bit about myself as well. And we're a little bit awkward because we get to do that. This is a very awkward show. So just, you know, like, yes. let's just let's lean into it. So Sin, as we call her, is a writer. Actually, let me just leave with this. She's like one of the smartest, most analytical people that I know. Writer, co-host of the Outside Voice Inside podcast. You need to listen to that. Tell them I sent you. Uh, mental health advocate and universal guide to an amazing supernova called Bug, aka her child. Okay. Sam, <laughs> <laughs> what's up? How you feel? Great. I'm glad to be here. Like, thanks for inviting me to unpack Atlanta. I, oh, yeah. you know, I, I'm excited to be here because I like to watch things and dissect them. And so yeah. to have two other people who are equally observant, I know this, this is going to be fun. It so is going to be a whole good time. And thank you so much for accepting my invitation. And uh, we'll get more into the invitations in just a moment. But we got one more person to introduce. Hello, last but not the least, okay? Alexander Hardy, who is also a writer. We got some writerly people in here with us. You know writers are observant as fuck anyway. So <laughs> writer, co-founder of Get Some Joy, which you ought to have. Get you some. He'll tell you all about it. Mental health first aid instructor, okay? Uh, a home chef. Uh, but don't don't get it twisted because he he does the writings for the really fancy people. All right. And the facilitator of literary therapy writing workshops. Very writerly. We love to see it. Alex, thank you for joining us. Ladao. Welcome to yes, welcome to you. The Janet Jackson experience, you can see. We have <laughs> As, absolutely. She's yes. in the room with us. She's in the room. We, Yes, on Jenna Jackson's internet, it is always best to, you know, give that credit where it is due. So how you feeling? I'm feeling good. Doing a lot of talking today, a lot of good things in the crock pot. I'm excited to talk about this mm. funky, weird Black show. And oh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have y'all here and just a little bit about me. So I am the host of the Black in the Garden podcast. So really, I'm just here for the plants as the official plant spotter. And for me, it's all about uh, building community via the shared interest in this show um, with very smart and very dope individuals. And it won't just be us. You'll hear from other people. If you're interested in joining us, then, you know, Look in the episode notes and, and send us your, your inquiry via whatever avenue that we have indicated there. But I have lived in Atlanta at different points in my life. I have even driven rideshare there for a hot moment and got to really <laughs> have some interesting experience in and around Atlanta and observations, as I know is also the case for Sunita. Tell us a little bit about your Atlanta experience. Atlanta like is a place. Yes. Yeah. Atlanta is a second home for me. I so I live in Georgia right now. It's mm -hmm. not Atlanta, but I have lived in Georgia almost an accumulated 20 years. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a, half my life was spent here. The other half of my life was spent in California. So there are things about like even starting with season 1 of Atlanta that I pick up on things that some people don't that just haven't lived here or that they think are mm -hmm. like 
ridiculous or they're weaving things into the show that really happened in Atlanta, Georgia or in the outskirts. So those types of little things as we dissect the show, it's like, it's fun to see those things or hear certain things mentioned, which I'll hold my tongue until we start talking about it. But I liked how the first episode (laughs) just immediately was like, yes, let's talk about some Georgia culture. Absolutely. Yeah. And so here's where we're starting uh, the first episode of the show is we're coming in at the beginning of season three. And so obviously there's been a season one and a season two, um, but we wasn't doing this then, you know, we didn't even have Mm -hmm. mics at the time, I guess you could say. And uh, so here we are coming in to definitely unpack more so specifically the season three as it is happening is highly anticipated and boy, did we anticipate. So we definitely want to get into that. But we do want to start with the origins. And so um, it's certainly worth mentioning as far as Alex goes. I know, Alex, you have not lived in Atlanta, but you definitely have visited. Tell everybody where you at and what your experience with the actual place is like. Yes, I'm in Brooklyn right now in Best Eye BK or whatever. And I visited Atlanta a few times. Um, first time was in 04, visiting a friend who was at Morehouse. Shout out to Andre Williams. And, um, you know, very much like near the campus, a little bit of the city, five points, some of the major things, some some thrifting, and you know, when that was the big thing mm-hmm. to do there. Um, I think I've been maybe a handful of times since then. I did go back after I got back from Panama and I got a food recommendation from someone mm-hmm. who you know, I have since we, we've worked through it, a horrible soul food recommendation oh, no. uh, that like Lipton, Lipton sweet tea, you know, powder sweet tea, oh, this no. like sad macaroni. I feel like there was sad macaroni. It was like some fish. They didn't have a lot of things. It was a pop-up in a soul kitchen. Anyway, it was just, there were a lot of things working against me, but uh, by the grace of St. Demita Joe, I'm here to tell the story. <laughs> you live to tell it you know people people go through things you know life yeah. is a whole sometimes so you just never know that's it that's really it and Sid I'm surprised that you indicated that you're like outside of Atlanta do you not consider Alpharetta to be technically Alpharetta is not Atlanta listen Why? who is that listening to that song <laughs> when people are like oh you're from the Bay Area no nigga I'm from Oakland okay Oakland is in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So is San Francisco and Hayward and San Leandro. Don't and, even start to lie about geography. Yeah. So I do not lie. I know some people are like, well, I'll tell people who aren't, who don't know anything about Georgia that I live in Atlanta. I right. live, I, I live 20 minutes outside of Atlanta, y'all. 20 minutes north. Okay. Fair, fair. Yeah. Okay. Have, this ain't have Atlanta. actually lived in the city limits though like the actual yeah limits. okay hell where yeah live at that point where, where was that in i lived in atlanta so i've lived in midtown yeah. i've lived in buckhead mm-hmm. i've lived in so decatur and atlanta sit like right next door to each other it counts i've lived in decatur and atlanta yeah i've lived yeah. in so it's called Vinings, but it's an Atlanta address. It is an Atlanta address. I have lived in mm-hmm. Vinings myself. I really? absolutely had a whole ass lease and paid rent there. It's actually triggering. I don't want to get into that because it was a shit experience. <laughs> but I lived in <laughs> Vinings. I lived in Castleberry Hill, which is, you know, like yeah. right there. And this was back when it was the Georgia Dome. So like that's, that's Atlanta. How far back I go. I have also lived in Powder Springs and Marietta and out yep. there by Covington and so on and so forth. So, you know, we, we got range yeah. between, yeah. between. I've between lived in Marietta. A little something. A little, but listen, Black Spurts, let's get into the show. We're here to talk about <laughs> Atlanta. So uh, what did season one and two leave you with as far as how you felt coming into, like, how long do we wait? Two years? What yes. did you wanted to leave you with as far as expectation and anticipation around season three? I knew it was going to be some weird shit. 
because they left us with that Teddy Perkins bullshit. And I was like, you know what? Y'all doing a lot right now with this nigga. My least favorite episode. The I hate it. Favorite episode. If, if we're gonna get into that as well, my least favorite episode. I loved it. Okay, fine. All right. Yes. Let's do what? a little. Go ahead. <laughs> I want to say contrast. It's not a hate. Like I would never watch it again. It was just like, why are you guys being this weird? And it's not a bad weird. I want to be clear when when I refer to Atlanta being weird, it's a good it's a good weird. It make the show makes you think, and that's why I love all of season one and season two. Agreed, agreed. I just wasn't ready for Teddy Perkins, and nobody I was was <laughs> thoroughly grossed out. And I have seen it at least twice and did not enjoy it both times. It was the ostrich egg for me, and you can count me out. Yeah. So Alex, how you how did how can you say that you liked it? Yeah, I like weird shit. I like weird shit. I, I thought that like yes, they I mean they had some great episodes in the season, you know, Bibby, you know, and the barbershop, like shout out to Bibby. Mm-hmm. And you know, the episode in the woods. Um yes. that's award yeah winning. But I mean, yeah, Teddy Perkins was like yeah, bring on the black weird shit. The fuck? I mean, like, you, you don't have to give us like what you what they've given us and what they created like has been was great. Um, I just love the the just the boldness. Like, sure, do it. You know, the episode when they I don't was that the first season when they they did the mock commercials, like the fake commercials. That was one of my first directions of just like, yes, just do that shit. And as a as a creative, like as a writer specifically, like I, I just love. Yeah, fuck it. Do some weird shit that people may not be expecting, that people may not understand, that people may not like, that people may be freaked out, grossed out by. Like, absolutely, just try it. And it's definitely some shit that like people aren't, they can't say that they've seen elsewhere in that way. Um, and you know, the not answering all the questions around, oh, that's Michael Jackson, or that's this, or that's that. Like, you know, it's just up to you to interpret whatever it comes from. And I just think that's one of the purposes of like, you know stimulating art Art. like yeah 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 shout out to black art and yeah just shout out to donald glover and doing weird shit of his background (laughs) specifically from coming from community having actually Mm -hmm. watched community i understand that Mm -hmm. weird like we you never know where it's gonna go it could be in another dimension type shit so i definitely whenever I saw that episode with the, you know, the prices on the can <laughs> and all of that, I was like, okay, I, I, I get it. It wasn't like something that I had to stretch my mind for, but at the same time, I could appreciate the abstractness of that. So that was definitely a favorite moment. And um, I, I already told you what my least favorite was, which was Teddy Perkins. My favorite, <laughs> definitely Bibby, like that. I could watch that anytime, anytime. This show, Atlanta, is absolutely like comfort food type of TV for me. You know, there's shows that yeah. you can watch just whenever. Yeah, that's Living what single. it is for me. Does Living that, Single is one of those. Y'all? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Living Single, certain episodes of this show, but like Living Single is one of those shows. Southside has become one of those shows for me that is like, yeah, that's some good ass writing. That's some good ass writing. Um, I think one thing that this show that it left me expecting or like, they always got some white people doing some dumb ass shit. Yes. Yes. Or some weird shit or, you know, this is all, all kinds of things. And yeah, things that there's not going to be always going to be a direct explanation for. And that, and I knew that they weren't like, I like this show because it's not explaining like there's very, it's very Mm hyper-specific, regional specific things. And so I love shows that don't explain the blackness or explain the cultural nuances or like you know it's not like blackness 101 um Mm -hmm. it's just like no bitch this will be doing over here and this is nigga shit or this is like this is their black experience um and yeah and i also knew that it would be it would bring us a lot that people would debate and you know one one debate i'm seeing is like can this i don't know any i don't know donald glover's life actually can this nigga from the suburb talk authentically about the black experience and like that kind of thing? 
And I'm just like, yes. is he not a, you know, <laughs> as if to say like, I, or I, I, not, I don't know if they were saying black, I think they were saying like the hood or whatever experience, but I, I don't know. Fair. His parents were very much working class. Like, yeah. I don't know from what I from what I from what I hear I, f- I feel like I've read that people said his parents were he didn't come anyway but just the debate that's one thing that I knew would come with this season is like not only the content itself but like people unpacking the weird ass shit and also questioning all the things about the show too so it's not fair to to just indicate that because it is a black ass show about the black experience that it's supposed to be some hood shit Right. It's we yeah. are having so many different experiences across the diaspora. Absolutely. Um, in America, for sure, we're having a lot of different experiences. I love how we get to uh, join ev- all the characters at the intersection of Hood with Paperboy and mm-hmm. Earn being like Ivy League dropout. <laughs> and remember when Tracy was asking him for advice for like how to be preppy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Sporting Ways. <laughs> and when he was asking him for that advice, and then you got um um his girlfriend Vanessa, exactly. Dan. Vanessa, Dan. And mm-hmm. I started laughing a minute ago when you said what you said because I thought about that episode about white people being weird, the episode where they went to that lady's mansion mm-hmm. and her white husband and that whole thing that he did, that was peak white awkwardness in Mm -hmm. Atlanta and that was the range that we saw from the very beginning but you know yes go for it I I hate when people be like can this black person speak to the black experience because if we truly believe we're not a monolith everybody's everybody who is black has an experience like I must have been a cat in my previous life because I have lived so many lives that even my friends don't know about so Mm -hmm. when this weird show came out and they're showcasing these people from different areas it kind of reminded me of parts of my life that I've lived because growing up in Oakland you know Oakland has a reputation for being the hood right Mm -hmm. but even within Oakland there is gentrification and there Mm -hmm. is very wealthy areas so you have a lot of people that this motley crew that is the cast of Atlanta that's really how your friendships are growing up in Oakland like you have friends who live up in the Oakland Hills but you have friends who are dirt fucking poor and live beneath the train tracks but then you have people who are like kind of in the middle and all of us kick it together or all of us go to school together and so your black experience does look like these people Mm -hmm. on this show so I don't I think you can grow up in the suburbs and still go to the hood because it's a black experience yeah right in oakland tons of kids have friends who lived in the ghetto and suburbs don't mean well off suburbs don't mean well off it don't mean struggle free so i love the show because it gives you a different lens of a black experience Absolutely. And I, the one character that I didn't mention in discussing that intersection is Darius. And I feel like Darius is like, he's kind of like the glue because he, <laughs> as weird and quirky as he is, one thing that you notice about him is that we've seen him in pretty much every setting and he never <laughs> looks uncomfortable or displaced. Now, how he's received is one thing, but the way that he just is present he doesn't seem to be bothered. So that's the fun thing about Darius. And there's plenty, plenty to say about Darius. But gosh, let's get into, since we've just kind of broadly discussed uh, season one and season two. And as this podcast continues, as we continue to unpack Atlanta, we will certainly get into more specifics of the nuances and the themes that have been present, but we're just very excited to get started on this, what we call the pilot, you know, it's the first time at it. Um, let's get into the re- the expectation versus the reality of what had happened when we came into, let's just go for it, 
episode one of season three. <laughs> I didn't expect that shit. <laughs> At all. I wasn't ready. I didn't like the timing. I'll just say that up front. I did not like the timing. I wanted, I'm cool with what it was, but I yeah. just wanted it to be later on in the season because I was very anxious to catch up with the, the main cast. Nah, they had to throw us off some. Yeah. Entirely. Like, don't and get that comfortable. Was also, that was, um, <laughs> uh, as Alex would call it, white terribleness and white awkwardness. There was just, a, there was a lot going on there. Let's start with that first scene, though. The first scene on the boat. Oh, yes. Let yes. Let us forget the boat. That was mad creepy. That was giving Jordan Peele. Did y'all so feel you, that? Yes. So Logan watched that with me. Logan's bug. She's 12. Mm-hmm. I don't censor her entertainment though. I know some mm-hmm. parents do, but I, I mean, I'm a true artist through and through. So I don't censor anything because she, she always has questions. Yeah. So I look at it, it was like a teaching moment. So she sat down on the floor. She was like, is this real? And I said, this is a <laughs> TV show, but Lake Lanier is very real. And yes, mm. people die there all the time. <laughs> and now, yes. Was that actually Lake Lanier, like an actual depiction of it or just kind of an, ab- of an abstract depiction of it is what I didn't determine. I couldn't figure out if if they were just referring to it as Lake Lanier, mm. like, or if that they were on the lake itself, but they were alluding to that being Lake Lanier. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 And this concept of black towns that have been buried, demolished, or you know flooded by the dams. Yeah. Yeah. That's yes. very real. And why the fuck would they not be haunted? I mean, we believe in spirits any other time, right? Yeah, but like what the what the white guy was saying at the beginning. That was a word. About whiteness not like he was like it's not real it's made up but i mean it is like race is a construct right it's a social construct Mm -hmm. and we have we've taken being called black we've taken that back as our power right as Mm -hmm. black people kind of like us being like okay we gonna use nigga or Mm -hmm. for women i'm that bitch you know what i'm saying so but black is not real either Mm, social ain't none of that shit real so when he said that i was like the town that was almost white yes because they had come into affluence and that's Mm -hmm. why they they drowned it out you know that's the you know white people are terrified of us making money enough to liberate ourselves that's why they did the whole wall street massacre because it was like these niggas is finna liberate themselves and they gonna be the blueprint for other niggas to liberate. Kill them now. <laughs> wow. I mean, Lake Lanier's the same thing, right? That is real. I mean, okay, so with, gosh, with that scene being the opening scene into that episode, that those were like two seemingly separate situations can we get into like what the connection was? I mean, <laughs> even for him, I mean, I, I'd probably say, I mean, for him, it was a dream, right? Mm-hmm. For Earn, yeah. Yeah. Um, but didn't they wake up like, it woke up with Laquarius in the classroom? Are you talking about so, that connection? Lake Lanier was Laquarius's dream. Right, exactly. Aquarius was Earn's And Aquarius was Earn's dream, oh. right. Yeah, it woke up with Aquarius first. Yeah, right. Absolutely, that is important to to indicate. So Lake Lanier was Aquarius's dream that he woke up right before he went to school. Is that what it was? No, he was in class. He was in the he was in the middle of class. What about like the I guess the internet kind of meme culture that was explored there? I had to get educated. Yes, they were. From what I read. And from what I, I could interpret, there were at least two or three, I think maybe three different memes that, you know, 
from what people I've seen people in people's interpretations the show use like in that in that first episode I know one was um I feel like the the kid when the kids got up and started dancing in the chair um that was like that one meme there's a little black there's a little black boy like dancing yep, uh, on the desk <laughs> amazing one of my favorite it's a it's a go-to it's a go-to celebratory meme go to every single time gif gif whatever the hell um and then yeah, right. there was when he was in the hallway um well another one was when lacourse was in the hallway and his mother had was called into the school with his grandparent with his grandfather and they had him up against the locker and he gave him those three he was like you know what's your problem something like that and he gave him those three uh Slap. gentle slaps back and forth <laughs> <laughs> the name of the episode but like what yes. the fuck that really happened in real life i just can't get over it because i hadn't seen that i didn't yeah. know that there's a video a short video yeah of of a century i mean it's staged the same a grandfather with a little you know scowling black boy um and he just gave him those three you know definitely about like it clearly is not intended to hurt. It wasn't intended to hurt because he there was no body behind the slap or nothing like that. It was just like pop, pop. It, I don't know, but so that was Very the second low one. Intensity. Yeah, yeah. It was more so of like more so the display of disappointment, which was often worse than like the the savage beating. Then like to know that there that was that disappointment. That's often worse. And those are the two. There's one more that I that I can't think of right now. Sim, were you aware of the references? The no, I wasn't even. I wasn't even looking for those. I wasn't even connecting the dots there. I was connecting the dots more so with the cultural memory of how oh. white people interact with black people. Ooh, get into it. Let's let's unpack that thing. What were you going to say, Alex? The third connection was the story of Devontae Hart. I mean, the, as far as like the 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 memory yes. of the young boy who was made, he was like, yeah, that's what it was. The boy, there was a picture of a one of a boy at a rally. I want to oh, say holding yes. a free hug sign, and he yes. there was all this outpouring of emotion and support, and oh, so adorable. He was crying and hugging the police and all of these things. I think we learned. I don't know how long later after that story, but the story was that um the uh, the white two white women who adopted him drove a van with i mean essentially just like it happened in the in the in, yes. the, in the in the episode almost exactly like that there were actually six children i think i saw they were ages 12 to maybe 19 um and i mean it happened almost exactly like you know yep. we don't know if they got away i think the, his he might have been the body that they no they actually did find his body Mm-hmm. There might have been one child that whose body they didn't find, but they found them like, you know, in staggered, you know, in, at staggered times. And yeah, over the edge, I think they had Benadryl in their systems. I saw one of the women had just a ridiculous amount of, of, of Benadryl and other things in her system and so on and so forth. So and what I can do, because I know that there's some links, um, we're just like powering into our reactions that's generally what it is and in case you haven't figured it out by now spoiler alerts it's definitely a spoiler type of thing so sorry (laughs) Uh, not sorry but I will indicate some links in the episode notes as far as where you can find the things so Alex that meme for Devante would have been when he hugged the cop right 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 it was that okay with tears okay. in his eyes and yes. the fedora hat on, thinking on a leather jacket or something like that. And I mean, it, media, it's, yeah, yeah. The media painted that like he was, oh, look, he loves law enforcement. No, niggas, he's- Very propaganda, free hugs, pass it on, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, then of course we learned his mothers were, you know, two agents of chaos, dastardly white women out here, um, collecting hundreds of thousands of dollars to raise and abuse these black children. So anyway, that was a connection, um, you know, as far as like the the cultural references. Um, Wow. I appreciated that. And if in all honesty, full disclosure, that is a large part of the reason why I was like, yo, 
let's let's just unpack this thing. Let's actually do a whole podcast about this. Like I needed another thing to add to my list of things to do. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Everybody's fine. But I was just like, wait a minute. Um, I, I just like I said, uh, community via the shared interest in this show, and uh, also community via this shared disdain for how she dipped that chicken into that bag of flour. Baby. I wanted to fight her on site. I have to run it back because I was like, no, she didn't. I thought that I looked away or I blinked a little too slowly. And I was just like, did she do what I think she did? But never underestimate the depravity of a dumpster-hearted white woman. I mean, the abuse was already tremendous enough but that and then his response to it and he he like out of all the things that he he could have responded to remember when he first walked in the door and he's like what is that smell we're making kombucha (laughs) but he was not able to you know uh bottle up his disdain for unseasoned chicken and reasonably so microwaved unseasoned minutes microwave no seasoning just dip it in the bag of flour mm-hmm. can you did y'all notice that he got bubble guts yeah because you was eating raw chicken yeah you probably have worse. salmonella probably yeah the those poor those children kids, yeah just what in oh god damn it capers like where in the world is that a side dish <laughs> And then no, no washcloths. I want, I want to say there's this running theme, right? And we experience this period, like in life where white people think they know better for us Mm -hmm. all the time, because isn't, isn't that how colonization took place, right? Is we're going to come to your country and fuck your traditions, fuck your culture. Yeah. And fuck your religion. What we are bringing to you is better because we know better for you. And we saw that with the counselor at the school. The principal was a black woman. And she was like, all right, ma'am, get your son, just go. And the counselor, no, I I think I can really help him. And the principal said, chill, Chill. just let them go. No, I really want to help them. So first of all, you don't respect authority when it's black people. Cause you think you know better. So you go out there and then you see the grandpa, listen y'all, I'm not for hitting kids, but these slaps, that was enough for you to call CPS on this woman and her child, fuck you. And then he goes to these white women who proceed to abuse him, but they're, we're gonna, we can take better care of you than how you were being taken care of at home. You, that's not how we eat fried chicken here. You know, we know you weren't eating that well at home. Yes, the fuck he was. He was good. You, what? The food was digestible. You know, it was not causing sickness. So yeah, there was just a lot of assertion there. And it was, um, you know, like you said, it was not doing good. No, it wasn't. It wasn't helping. But that's what that's what they tell themselves because their agenda is, oh, we must help these poor Black people. Mm. They don't know how to take care of themselves. Yeah. The self-awareness is what's missing, unfortunately. And trying to put... This reminded me of mothers who would downplay how intelligent their kids were back in the day, like when we were enslaved, so the master wouldn't take the kid, right? And go separate them. So his mom was like, when they were trying to put Laquarius into remedial courses, and she was like, my son's not stupid. He's an idiot, but he's not stupid. And I felt that in my soul because these these white teachers in public school systems, they see black kids and they know that these black kids are not dumb, but if they put them in remedial courses, it's that prison the pipeline shit. Oh, I mean, school to prison pipeline yeah. is if we put them here, it's not advanced enough for them. We already know this. So they're gonna act up because kids, they're developing their personalities, right? So their behavioral issues are gonna get them in trouble. 
if they get detention, they eventually get suspended and then they get expelled. They're at home. They mama still need to work. What are the kids going to do but get in trouble and end up in prison? It's I mean, also disruptive for the entire family because, you know, yeah. like you said, the parents are supposed to be reporting for duty to their jobs that they need to sustain the livelihood of the entire family. But that is disrupted. And of course, you could see the attitude that she had. She was not even trying to fake like she was cool with it. It's just like, why y'all calling me for my job? Right. I'm supposed to be working now. Y'all really could have handled this. Y'all got me down here to this damn school. She was over it. She was completely over it. And, you know, any parents listening to this could absolutely understand that, you know, sometimes your kids will get you down to the last, <laughs> to the last <laughs> end of the nerve. And that, that can be, that's a lot. So, you know, we'll get into more of that as we continue, like I said, getting into more themes. We don't want to go on too long, but we do want to get into episode two a little bit more and yes. maybe make some more connections between everything all together. But let's, let's start here in Amsterdam. What an appropriate setting with it being- They yeah. were in two different places. Because Van was in Amsterdam, mm -hmm. but Ern didn't wake up in Amsterdam. He had to get right. there. Exactly. But just this European culture and the quirkiness and, of course, the blackface and how just it's already, they were already doing great on the quirkiness just with everything that was happening and in, in, including with the white people in Atlanta, not going across the world but just coming into a whole different country <laughs> that was the quirkiness was on 1000 so that was um it was an added bonus for me how did y'all receive that i knew that was going to be a part of it you know that the them intermingling with european culture and you know white niggas was going to be a feature of, of the season <laughs> i was curious also i mean just to see the way the fact that you know we knew that they were at the end of the last season they were going on tour um this was supposed to be they were all going through different transitions you know mm -hmm. different parts of their lives and this is supposed to be i think overall like a celebratory time you know reaching a new yep. stage in his career probably you know reaching a new level with that money you know different opportunities new connections and i was i was curious to see i mean I knew that they were going. There was going to be some weird shit and maybe a curveball. Like you know, they opened with this. I'm sure something that nobody would have have foreseen or or considered. But I think it, it was good to see you know uh, some growth. You know, even with Van, you know, and whatever the fuck she got going on. But just you know, I think what I love about it most of all was that first of all, everyone is just trying to figure it the fuck out. You know, yeah, yeah. I they're all you know they're in their thirties, early thirties or something. It couldn't have been no more than early 30s from what we know of our experience, yeah. like 20s and early 30s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I just, I appreciate, you know, again, how it shows just the many different ways that people are just trying to figure it out. And also that they're dealing with like real life things and dynamics in, re in, in relatable ways. Grief from losing a loved one, a parent, you know, uh, custody issues, relationship drama, um, financial challenges, you know, being aimless and lost in life and trying to get your shit back together and trying to impress your parents. I mean, there's just, there's so much that it approaches in every, just, I think, pretty like relatable ways. And yeah, yeah I, I was really curious just to see how the living life of it all, you know, sustained throughout like all the highs and lows and like the events that they were going to be going to, um, you know, because I think you joked or someone had joked like that, like, I would not want Ern to be my manager, you know, like, right. I, yeah, that, like, I, you know, not at all. Uh, like, but it, I mean, it just also speaks to like, for me, two things. When I watch shows, I'm, I'm very much often concerned with, I often think about and I, I wonder and, you know, go down rabbit holes about like, how the things these characters experience, how it, make, how it would make them feel or how it might be making them like feel or how the, the emotional experience of it all might be impacting what they're doing, how they're showing up, how they're responding. Yeah. Because, and also in, in some of that weird shit, 
is also some like casual trauma and casual violence and like that that the yes. that life is life is funky life is whatever but like yeah. uh the uh experience that van and darius witnessed um and, and i was just like i didn't see that shit coming but i mean I, 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 I knew that there would be a you know that there would be a loss that they would probably be witnessing and probably even participating in by the time things were said and done but i mean just like van was horrified there's i mean everybody was horrified but like one thing about the Teddy Perkins episode, you talked about Darius being, you know, there, you know, Zen, not really phased by things, but that showed right. he witnessed a murder, a murder and a suicide yes. in that episode, yeah. a murder and a suicide in that episode. And so that, you know, that sits with him, you know. But he was so, almost killed in the midst of that. True, very much yes. so. And I, very much so. So yeah, that's that's what I was also curious to see. Like, how do these things you know, affect people. Um, I think to look at look at coping mechanisms too. So Darius's coping mechanism, he just stays high all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's not that these things aren't affecting him. He's just mm-hmm. like, let me blitz through this because if I couldn't deal with this sober and I don't talk about this often to people, but for most of my twenties, I was under the influence of something I was just functioning. So nobody, it, you could never be like, damn, is this bitch on something? You didn't know. Cause I knew how to function because there's so much going on. It's, I don't have time to unpack this. I don't have time to deal with this, but I do got time to get high. So let me just get high or let me just take a sip of this Patron or Absolute and let me go on about my day. I'll be all right. May I No, you will you. not. May because the- we are still experiencing a, a whole pandemic right now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you don't have to and <laughs> this was, Alex, this was my, when I was talking to Cola earlier this week. Yeah. I think that this show is going to unfold during the p- pandemic. Oh, I love that. So I much. think Ernest's sick and he doesn't know it yet. Yeah. Because mm. you remember how he, he has the sniffles? Mm-hmm. And he's coughing. He can't stop coughing and shit. I think they're going to, and they're going to end up, I know they're on tour, but I don't think they're going to be able to leave. Mm. And that's going to be season three. That's my speculation. I like that a lot. I really do. I hadn't considered where they are in time. I didn't yep. have time to, to think about that myself. I love that you had brought it up when you did, because I was so busy trying to process and unpack. And that's why we are all sitting here and (laughs) whoever is listening is like, yes, let's unpack this shit. It just left me feeling a lot of ways. So I just feel um, like if Darius ever goes sober, this show is going to get extremely weird because we've never seen him sober. We never have. You said Darius? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I know he's he's sober in real life. I feel like Lakeith, I I know he's, he's, been talking, no, I'm talking about, about on the show yeah I know that but I've, I've, I've been thinking about that like if there's if there were going to be any if that were a thing I, I that was one thing as far as expectations and questions that I had um mm. if that could if that could impact you know his character in any way um I hadn't thought about the Rona implications because I think that Insecure showed you know an example of like what that can look like you know to have it where it's not a thing um and it helps us to feel a little bit more normal and like yeah. we can kind of escape because this has been quite some time. It's been a solid two plus years. Yeah. And so as we take in, as we tend to look to television as an escape from reality, just regular reality, but this reality is like, please, I don't want to see nobody in no damn mess. <laughs> I don't want to get into political debates about vaccinations and shit. I just want to see my favorite characters being weird and black and ridiculous. And um, so I would like to hope that they don't go there, but you know, if they do, what am I going to do? I don't, I don't have any say. We are not insiders here, so we don't have any influence over what's going to, it's already done anyway. So there's that, but um, cannot, cannot not discuss the blackface the center class <laughs> that's the name of the episode um <laughs> just wild 
everybody like I only on the second viewing did I even realize that the maid that came into Paperboy's um Mm-hmm. hotel room was in blackface the the people when they walked into the lobby like it's like they first saw the little boy on the back of the bike and then it just got worse and worse and worse and as you mentioned earlier such a great point that you brought up earlier Alex with this trauma casual or otherwise Paperboy had this whole episode in season two if I'm not mistaken where he was lost in the woods and he was all beat up and he still takes a selfie at the end with the fan. But did that episode begin with him being robbed when he was going to re-up? Is that how the episode I think, I think so. it did. I think it did. Yeah. 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 So Paperboy had been through it. And, you know, just this concept of um, ascending to fame and getting where he's at and dealing with everything that he's dealt with and his... And then remember where we left off the very last episode coming in where they were getting on the plane and Ern's stupid ass got the damn gold gun in the bag. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It was damn ready to fire Ern ass anyway, which like I said, he couldn't be my manager. But all of that, Paperboy had been through all of that. And then he gets over there and he's supposed to be just turning up and enjoying and celebrating can you just imagine like if you were in his shoes let's put ourselves in his shoes for a moment and consider like this is supposed to be my moment I'm ready to go on the stage and fuck it up I got my whole fit prepared I done been through all of this he was in jail he was in jail which it was a very nice jail yes it was, <laughs> was in jail. and there was a plant in there by the way I told you I was plant spotting beautiful plant. shout out to that but he was in jail and all of that. And he gets to go on the stage and he looks out and what does he see? A sea of black faces. My terribleness. He didn't deserve that. Of course not. It seemed of like he was really looking for like, looking for, I think they all need a win. Yeah. Like just as people, as characters. Um, I think that was, that's what makes, that's what made that turn of events so, you know, us be able to feel his frustration and just like walk out of here, fuck this, I ain't doing that because all that they have been through leading up to, you know, getting there, getting out of jail, you know, we get a, we had a flash of what, well, you know, uh, the night that Al had with the, you know, the women in the hotel and, yeah. you know, when she slapped, slapped the other woman up and, <laughs> and they just, <laughs> and that, he couldn't even, you know, and, and speaking of weird shit, it. you know, who knows, he could have got turned out you know I, you never know but i just <laughs> i just I didn't even get just he had a that was a beautiful scene that could have played out wonderfully if it were not for racism mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. but even even with what they started in the first episode of white people thinking they know better that they're doing you a favor that promoter was great right he was fine like anything you guys need like we believe in tolerance over here and then the minute we do something they don't like they turn on us and then it becomes you niggas so even though insurance was going to cover them not performing and they were actually going to make more money from the insurance than them actually performing he was upset that the niggas weren't doing what he wanted them to do mm-hmm. and then you go out because you think you're you're gonna go beat up earn and you just grab anybody because all black people look alike to you is and that what it wasn't is even black people this was everybody was just in blackface just i don't know if that's how it really happens or if that was an exaggerated kind of for the show. i think it was it was a i think it was an intentional exaggeration because mm-hmm. if you think about it and I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but it has happened to me where I've been at a company and it's two black people, two black mm-hmm. women, the front desk chick is black and I'm the only other black person. You guys see my skin color, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously I'm light skin. The front desk person, AOA. the front desk person is not, but you, still call us each other's name. Oh, I thought you were so-and-so. How? We look nothing alike. 
it's because we're both black. And so when the promoter is beating up the dude and calling him earn at the same time, clearly that is not earn. Then that you so you thought earn was was the color of black shoe polish? Because that's what's on their faces. It's oh, but again, white fuckery, white yeah. fuckery afoot. That insidiousness. It's it's yeah, and and you know I, I've heard people saying like in recent days that. It's a very insular culture in terms of like, you know, the way that cult, that tradition is allowed to sustain. Um, and, you know, the they love the traditions and everybody has their traditions and things. But, yes. you know, the, stick, sticking to that tradition, like without it. And, and I feel like a common refrain I see people using is that no one complains about it. It's just part of culture. It's just part of history. It's just part of heritage. And it's like, well, obviously there are black people up in this motherfucker complaining about how ridiculous you fucking look and yeah. how horrible this tradition is and and so on and so forth and to say that nobody is complaining about it or nobody has an issue with it we don't have those problems over here they love to say shit like that yes but, um obviously there are people who are telling you you know who i'm sure probably didn't even originally come there on their own anyhow i mean you know i'm sure some have but maybe not originally anyway <laughs> yeah, I mean, the they, they, the the determination to like have your traditions, it definitely did a good job of 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 showing just the, yeah that casualness, the unintentional <laughs> horrification of interacting with whiteness domestically or abroad. I just have to point this out because I've been doing research consistently this year specifically just looking into um, what I'm doing my series for Black in the Garden, Botanical Black History, and just reading a lot on like the transatlantic slave trade, just specifically in researching mm -hmm. the plants and how they were affected and moved around. And in all of the discussion about the, the nationality of the enslavers, they were Dutch. And <laughs> That, that's Amsterdam. It's Dutch Dutch people. And so it, it's not, you know, we got to make that connection as well. It's certainly worth making that connection that, you know, these are the original enslavers of Africans. And so it is not to be taken for granted that they would, would absolutely hold on very tightly to for the longest, as long as they possibly can, their ability to continue with these really shitty ways of engaging in, you know, the blackface, it's just not necessary ever. It's just not. It's not. And for it to be about tradition, well, this is our tradition. Okay, your tradition's fucking racist, dude. It's horrible. Like, challenge it. Because if, if tolerance, if they really did tolerate it, they would read the fucking room. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> even even though Santa Claus, how they explained it was, oh yeah, we're just copying the little boy who Santa's helper who fell down the chimney and was covered in soot. No, and that's how that's how Santa's helper looked from being okay. Only his face, though. Well, I, I was just about to say. I was just about to say. Only his face got black. Okay. <laughs> and the hair. Did y'all notice <laughs> everybody had on nappy wigs? Yeah. Exactly. So falling down the chimney makes your hair look like a thing. Well, you know what it is. Alex, what you be seeing? <laughs> <laughs> I see through your Maybelline. <laughs> Truly. Classic Alex statement is, I see through your Maybelline, AKA, I recognize that that is some bullshit. Don't try to tell me that it's not because you're insulting my intelligence. Essentially, you are insulting my intelligence. And so we've said a lot, we have unpacked quite a bit, all right? And all I can say as far as if you, here's what we'll do. Let's just use the unpacking Atlanta uh, hashtag <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> and that is how we can all connect around this. So if you are tuned into this, then, cause I've been thinking about it the whole time we're talking, I'm like, I didn't think of that. What we finna do? It's on the hashtag unpacking Atlanta. Uh, and our Twitter handles will be in the episode notes as well. Brilliant. Just the beginning. I have a question. It. I'm here for it. Yes. Before, so before, are, if you're wrapping up, questions. do you think that Van was in the room, first of all, with someone. Oh, love that. 
because I mean, you know, not to yeah. imply she was very much she could be very, very much chilling, enjoying life, you know, champagne. She got ice. But like, you know, when she talked to the woman, the woman thought that was thought Darius was her boyfriend. She was like, oh, it's yes. not my boyfriend. I'm not here with anyone. That's my baby father's friend. And like, you know, no, I don't know. She was saying I'm right where I want to be. I also feel like she did say she has a man. I just don't know. I just feel like there's a ellipsis there. There, you know. I love that. I don't it know. did cross my mind because like, is she fucking Darius? What's going on? Yes. Where was he? Where was he? I could see it happening. I definitely I'm leaning like into a strong 80% chance of Darius smashing. <laughs> definitely because it's messy it's tv and it's but him also being but him being very like you know case it all said out like about it like you know (laughs) (laughs) he wouldn't even see it as scandalous he would just see it as like this is what happened it'd be interesting to see how this plays out i actually Mm -hmm. just for the sake of me being a tv fan and needing that kind of escape and that kind of scandal i would love for that to be the case so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the drama of it all because I, yeah you know Ern is going to act like he's bothered if that does happen he's going to act like he's bothered about it but did he not wake up in a bed with a white woman who he wasn't certain who didn't even speak English child please she didn't even know where your jaws was nigga I feel like I mean hasn't it been a I don't know maybe definitely a theme bad things come I don't know when they get out here crossing racial lines and shit oh that bad things happen into you happen in their lives mm. but anyway that's another conversation so that was a i'm glad that you brought that up because that is a brilliant cliffhanger uh sin i'm glad that you brought up this concept of predictions that is a great way to wrap it up uh with predictions so i would like to hope that I can predict that uh, Van and Darius were smashing. And <laughs> I would not like to see that it's a pandemic, but I'm sure it will unfold in a very interesting way if it is. What about you, Alex? I mean, yeah, I could see that. I'm trying to think of like, I was just about to ask like, what, as far as what would y'all like to see this season? I would like to see, I want to know more about Darius. Yes. No, I want to know, like, give him, you know, you know, a Lost in the Woods episode, but not even that, because I'm sure they'll take it to some other level. But just like, give me that background story, you know, give me, give us a day in the life of Darius, you know, even if it's just following him through the streets of Europe for a day or whatever. I don't know. But that, that would be really interesting to me. I want to know more about him and his story. And I mean, to see if Van is, is she what the fucking why of 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 van in europe yeah (laughs) that's what i want to (laughs) see because he doesn't even know why she's there yeah she doesn't know why she's there but it was cute how they indicated in in wrapping it up because when i realized she was a part of the episode as a mom my first question is who the hell watching they turn you know who's watching lottie where lottie at and they tied that up real cute, but it's still like, but why are you here? We didn't expect for you to be here. When we closed on the finale of season two, she was not on that fucking plane. We saw them go through. Well, they, they arrived and, separately. They arrived separately. They did arrive. She did indicate that she had just got there, I guess. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. perhaps it was like a last minute thing. And maybe she's not supposed to be there the whole time. But still, girl, like, why are you here? She's trying to, I think, I mean, yeah, they all trying to figure it the fuck out. But I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even just give me like make clear though the what the fucking why of, but I, I I'm curious for that. But specifically, Darius is the is the thing I'm probably most. That would be a great area to explore. Yeah, and also I'm curious for what kind of cameos we're gonna see. Like Cat mm-hmm. Williams was perfect. Oh my god, Cat Williams was yes, perfect. like and the alligator. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I I want to see who I have. I mean, you just. I, and I love what, what I love about a show like this is that you really just never fucking know where they're gonna go. Mm-hmm. So I'm also open to being surprised, um, and you know, horrified, weirded out, all that shit. Like, bring it on. Yes. Like, yeah. We've we've checked a lot of those boxes just in like those first episodes, and I. It's also worth saying 
thank y'all so much whoever put this together and made the decision to do those two episodes initially because needed that I would have been so fucking pissed if I had to wait another week yes (sighs) it allowed us to like connect some things and I'm wondering if they're gonna do it the same way this is what I'm looking forward to is if they're gonna do it the same way they did season one and season two is that once you get to the end, you'll see literally how every episode is connected. And I'm hoping they do this the same because in my mind, them pointing out Lake Lanier is gonna have something to do with them being over there in Europe. Is whiteness going to affect them? Are they going to become white? Don't get swallowed the fuck up. Yes. (laughs) Is one of them gonna become, or all of them, how are they going to be affected by this trip? I'm amped. And that lake, that first episode, you know, that first story with um the with the young boy, it has to tie into something. I mean, I think you said that not probably not even necessarily. It could just be some offhanded weird shit to enter us into the world. But I, I think it's going to tie into something, you know, thematically or even in some like some way that you don't see until the very end. I, I think it's going to definitely tie into something um, had- as well. I had logic behind that. Like there's, even though a lot of times on this show, the logic feels buried or whatever, but like my logic for feeling like there's a great potential for that episode with Aquarius being separate is because we've seen them do that type of thing in the past where it was just kind of like this one-off episode. There's a character you see, you don't see them anymore. Going back to that white dude that was married to the lady in the mansion and all of that like did we ever see him anymore you know what I'm saying like just little stuff like that so mm-hmm. you never really and then Teddy Perkins like that was you know there was a main character involved but let's just we'll stay tuned we don't have a choice so I'm excited we will uh get solidified with the scheduling of how this will go forth but just know that you know tentatively it'll be Sunday or Monday, just, you know, keep your ears peeled. Those of y'all who are interested in keeping up and we appreciate y'all for tuning in for as much as you have. Thank you to Sunita. Thank you to Alex. Let the people know how they can uh, find you and connect with you. Like I said, y'all, Twitter, hashtag Unpacking Atlanta. Sin, how can they find you? How can they reach you if they want to connect? I am on Twitter and Instagram as at the t-h-e-e purple onion same handle both sites pal period alex and i'm on twitter at chris alexander underscore um as well as on instagram at alex gotta eat um, and you can find follow get some joy at go get some joy g-o get some joy on twitter and instagram and find out more about our like upcoming literary therapy workshops we're going to have some art therapy workshops out in the world um so people can come together in color and create and you know get these emotions out here together and other wonderful joy flavored things so again go get some joy hashtag get some joy holla and oh i'm sorry. sorry yes go ahead if you're in the oakland area right now um, until the end of April, you can stop by the Lakeview branch of the Oakland Public Library yeah. and holler at our community literary therapy wall, which made its debut at the Black Joy Parade. And let us know, we have some postcards and some of our literary therapy workbooks, what you're doing to get some joy, what joy means to you, what it tastes like, smell like, feel like, look like, <laughs> all those kind of things. And um, let us know, take a picture and tag us, holla. That's right. You can also reach me. For Outside Voice Inside podcast, that they're both on Twitter and it's on Twitter and Instagram, OVI podcast. That's right. That is right. We are, Sin is very uh, much not wanting to be putting herself out there in ways that can <laughs> seem like she's doing the most. And I want to encourage you, Sin, it's all right. Let the people know how they can find you. They need to hear more of you, like I said at the top one of the smartest people that I know. So y'all should be listening to all of us respectively. 
And uh, as far as I go, I am Colby Talkin, hostess with the mostest of some things. Black in the Garden is my thing. I also have a podcast that I did for a hot minute, The Plant Kiki. That's out there. You know, I just be putting myself out there. And you can find me on the Twitter at uh, Black in the Garden without the it's in the episode notes don't get me started lying it's it's black in the garden but you can find me on instagram black in the garden like spelled out completely but it's just somebody had took my name you know it's, it's racism rap uh, bastard so, <laughs> you know i don't have any control over that but i do uh have the ability <clears throat> to put it all where you can see it and click it and tap it and all that stuff so just look in the notes and make sure that you share this okay do that and we will be back with y'all again very soon, <clears throat> weekly-ish, as much as possible. You know, we do have lives to live, but we want to continue to unpack Atlanta because it's dope and we love it. And that's it on that. So we're out. Thank y'all for joining us. Bye. Hello.